real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today launched his first product on Amazon in 2012 by purchasing some overstock run of a supplement for less than $1,000, and that business went on to do $3 million a year in sales. Welcome to the show, Neil Twa. Thank you. Yeah, good job on the last name. (laughs) Oh, did I get it right? You did. You nailed it. Yeah, most people just spell it back to me like it's some kind of acronym, like, hey, Neil, T-W-A, like, you know, PhD or Esquire or something really cool like that. I don't have any of those. So (laughs) I'm not that cool. (laughs) Well, I know I went over a very brief background there, but can you give us a little bit more of your background, how you got into e-com? Yeah, I'll keep it realistic stuff that maybe you'd be interested in. My, I'll leave the stuff my mom cares about <laughs> out, right? So yeah, I did. I got involved in entrepreneurialism since I was very young to make money. We were kind of poor. My dad did well, but we were just kind of always needing money. So when I wanted to make money. I started a little lawn mowing business and kind of got the hook and got around and had four or five clients in the neighborhood, literally, who were paying me you know, weekly to come mow. And so I was making side cash. That was my little hustle, right? But as I got into college and stuff, I eventually realized as I went to school and a music scholarship, uh, I had to play classical jazz and trumpet and I had a full ride music scholarship. What I realized about a year three was I was going to die in a van down by the river <laughs> because I was just not going to make it. I just, I wasn't good enough to get to that level. And so I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Internet's coming online. I saw the opportunity for buying and selling. We started up a little website inside of our college, uh, the bargain guys, where we were literally just doing an eBay style swap thing inside the college, which was cool. And we had some fun with that, but it got a taste for e-com and I'm, you know, going to my professors and everybody's like, we, we don't have anything to teach you. And I ended up going into business and computer science because I thought that might be the route. And I ended up in uh, Warrensburg, Missouri, MSU. And I spent a semester there and ended up at a kind of being taken under the wing of a gentleman who was an adjunct professor who actually worked at Sprint in Kansas City. And he said, this is the route you could go, et cetera, but no one can really teach you what I'm learning over here because we have money, there's corporate and this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, how much are you making? And he told me, and I thought, okay, I'd like to make that much money. So I dropped out and I ended up in a consulting gig and starting to learn and basically programming on the side for web e-commerce, starting in HTML and learning that stuff. And then we moved into active server pages and (laughs) into database driven and stuff. And I found I had a very good aptitude for it. So quickly moved myself into project management got an opportunity to jump from consulting into full-time with Sprint when I got hired on as PCS, which was the first division of Sprint Mobile that went to market. I was like the 5,000th employee. So by the time I helped them, I had grown up a team. We were doing the knowledge management system, the enterprise e-com stuff, which was fantastic. There was about 6,000 reps when I started, 25,000 when I left, 80,000 people in that business when I got hired. IBM hired me in because I'd gotten very deep into the knowledge management side of things, which is like search engines and knowledge and human machine language and learning and all this really cool technical stuff. 
that I was very good at understanding and I could work with the teams and the business. And I just got to be really good at the middle. I get to be the guy who kind of got to communicate the differences between the two and help deliver the results. And that's what I got known for. So IBM picked me up and started having me do that for their clients. And I spent almost five years at IBM until 2007 with no degree and just a ton of experience and got to work with some super smart, wonderful people and do some amazing things and go into corporate boards of some of the largest companies in the world uh, and get to be part of this great machine. But I always had an affinity. I had a side hustle. I was working game service. I had 20 game servers on a farm in Texas, actually, not far from you in Dallas, where we were doing basically the, the codex and the audio codex so people could do multiplayer gaming before it was embedded into the games. We were having people, we had like thousands of people using our servers to basically communicate so they could do multiplayer online gaming. Everybody takes it for granted now. You like hop on your mobile phone and you just chat with everybody and play games. Well, that was kind of a cool thing. But I always knew I wanted to get out. In 2007, IBM offered me an early retirement. And I said, this is my chance. So in 2007, I jumped out, started my own consulting firm for a while. In the midst of 2009, etc., all that nonsense that went, went down, I was kind of losing my customer base. I'm thinking, okay, where do I really want to be? And so I just kept weaving and dodging, which I don't think everybody understands, right, Sarah? Like, there's no straight path. I've seen that meme before. It looks like a giant pile of spaghetti. That was kind of me. Like I was just a giant pile of spaghetti, just kind of going all over the place. And so I found out I had a good affinity because of the numbers, the knowledge management background and the technology stuff. And I was also understanding the numbers and, and buying. I got really good at media buying and I started into affiliate marketing. Found I had a really good aptitude for affiliate marketing. It was just something I kind of fell into. And it was really strange because what I got successful at was mobile apps. Before you had a web interface, we were uploading spreadsheets into the back end of these systems that went out to the PCS like Sprint and Verizon and, and other telcos around the world. And we just hail Mary a spreadsheet full of creatives and websites into these systems and then watch and wait. But what ended up being really successful to the point where we broke our first thousand dollar a month was a mobile dating app in South Africa. Like people in South Africa, they like mobile dating apparently. And so it got to be really successful and playing in that and learning how to do that more ended up making it about a thousand dollar a day business. When it took off that well, I realized I had a really good affinity for lead generation, mobile lead generation, started to move into the online stuff. And started to get into a couple of companies that were doing physical products. And I thought, wow, that's really cool because I was doing just apps and mobile stuff. And I thought, okay, physical products. Let me see what that's about. When I realized Amazon had an opportunity, a friend introduced me to it. He said, hey, you're doing this thing with physical products and leads. Did you know you could sell stuff on Amazon? And I was like, really? I can sell stuff on Amazon? And so I did that. I found a, a product and we had an, it had an overrun of somebody else's product. And we slapped our own label on it and bought about $1,000 of that overrun and threw it into Amazon to see what happened. Come to find out. Amazon is just a big search engine for products. It's like a Google for products only. It has more machine language learning and stuff. And suddenly I realized as I was watching this product start to sell and what we were doing, it clicked. All that background I had with Sprint and IBM and that knowledge management, the systems and stuff we were all doing. It's like, wait a minute, they're running a very similar system to the ones we were building at IBM. And I thought, oh man, I wonder if I started to get it to do these things or try to tell it to, you know, kind of play with it, what would it do? How would it respond? Right. And I started to realize what it was doing. And there's a bit of a, a ballet between when you tell it something or you send it traffic or you give it a coupon or you just get people to visit it, what, what it was doing. And all of a sudden, sir, it was like, oh my gosh, like I can get the engine to basically dance with me. And as soon as I realized that if I gave it this, it would do that and it would reward me this, it didn't matter if I had the best product or even the best reviews. I could outrank anybody. So we just started to launch products as fast as we could borrow capital, as fast as we could get them in there. And we started to play with the private label branding side. Because as you mentioned, I started with the drop shipping component. I just found a product overrun and I just put it in there. I suck it into to FBA or was called fulfilled by Amazon. So we didn't 
shipped those products. Amazon shipped it for us, which was really cool because they have this huge, monstrous infrastructure. You probably get it in your house weekly. We call it subscribe and spend in my house, right? Uh, it's not subscribe and save. I think we spend more than we save with this deal. But anyways, we realized they could just ship all these products. We didn't have to do it from our house. We didn't have to go to retail stores. We didn't have to try to find additional product when we kind of locked into the concept that if I found something to sell, that I could repeat this process, create a little brand around it, even not the prettiest brand, just a better brand. I could outposition my competition because I knew the system better, not because I just had the best product yet. You see where I'm going with this? So then when I started to realize the stay there to have additional growth, I needed to systemize the branding. I needed to get better in line with the customer's needs and start producing better products. So I just started to elevate those brands. I started to produce little innovations, similarity and familiarity and Amazon equal trust because you're borrowing their system. And nobody knew my brand. I was just brand number four out of a bunch of brands, right? And so we started to adapt that and private label it. And then the sales started to really take because we were earning respect. We were earning brand affinity. People started to see us. Then they started to search and our search terms started to show up in Amazon. And then all of a sudden put some internal Amazon pay-per-click campaigns or Amazon PPC campaigns called sponsored ads inside the system. And we would just target those keywords along with the keywords we were ranking. And all of a sudden we were just like, zoom, zoom, private label products were just, we had eight of them two years later, right? Because we were just building brands as fast as we could go and just having crazy success with it because it's just a giant engine. And as the years have gone on now, eight years later, what was a four lane highway when I got involved, it's like a seven lane highway now, right? I mean, it just got bigger and bigger. And there are so many products to sell, so much opportunity. And, and the number one question we always get is how do we determine that product was going to sell? How do we find that product? How do we know like just not a random shot in the dark. And it was a lot to do with the numbers. Like once we got the emotional component of this out of the way and we realized, okay, if I'm just selling to the biggest demographic of buyers on the internet, which is women, 27 plus, then what do they want to see in all these brands and how many products are there that fit that? And we started to realize that there were just millions upon millions of product opportunities. And so we invented a tool that basically kind of data mined the Amazon information and then using the other experience we had from all these product launches, we started to just see patterns in the data because that's kind of what I was doing in the past. The tool then got to be developed and taught some additional people who developed tools uh, to go out and kind of run a launch program that got uh, to moving pretty quickly. And so you could launch these products, follow that same program and kind of get expected results. So of course, what happens next, people start asking us, we didn't create a training program. People started asking us to train them. Teach me what you're doing. Family, friends, people we knew they would tell other people. We started a training program because people were asking us to keep training them. And it was getting so overwhelming that we couldn't just keep doing it one-on-one. -on -one. We started doing it in a group format. And that's how I actually got into the training aspect of this because we were doing the business and then we still do it today. And that's our core component of our business model. But we do consult and mentor people on how to launch these or operate these businesses because there's still a tremendous amount of opportunity. And I know you mentioned dropshipping and that's a great way for people to get going. That's kind of what we did as we took in essence a product and what's called white labeled it. So we didn't private label it yet. We took a product that pre-existed from a manufacturer and we stuck our label on it, which is called a white label. And then we put it in Amazon. So it was a really great way to test that out before going and ordering a bunch. I, I end up hearing too many sad stories about people just going and blowing up 401ks and bank accounts 
by just trying to buy too much inventory and then setting on it for three, four, five, six months. And it's simply not moving and all their little hopes and dreams were stuck, (laughs) caught up in this dream of getting this out the door. And so we test everything. Like we know, even with our data, we can get an 80% understanding of what a product will do in the marketplace. We don't have a hundred percent understanding until we sell it. And once we start selling it, the data, the other picture of that data comes back that 20%. And once we see that 20%, we validate the the data that we pulled forward. It's the same thing that I think it was Washington and the apple tree. I'm going to misquote this. Or was it Abe Lincoln and the tree? Somebody was cutting a tree with an ax. I'm forgetting exactly. You remember this story? Yeah. It's like, if you sit down and I sharpen it for 80, you know, 80% of the time, I spent most of my time sharpening the ax. Then I only have to spend like 20% of my time actually cutting. If somebody on here will know the quote I'm talking about. Don't shoot me in the foot. I'm misquoting this. Yeah, it's probably a meme. So at the end... <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day, we now understand that we can do 80% of the work, we can look at the data, we can get all things projected. But until we launch that product, we actually put it in the system and do that little dance I was talking about. When you launch the product, will the system actually tell us, can we outperform our competition? And once we know that products can just go like crazy, we have case study after case study where people will launch in three, four, five, six months, and we'll shoot past 100,000 in sales within 30 to 45 days after launch. It's now a predictable part of our consulting with people to launch businesses now to get those kinds of results from them when we go out. But we do spend 80% of our time answering the question, what the hell do I sell? Because it's the same thing. It always is like, what do I sell? Like I get that whole thing and launching it and making sales and all that good stuff. But what do I actually sell? Right? How do I actually get started? And quite honestly, it's data-driven. It really is. Uh, And people get emotionally caught up in it. But here's the thing, Sarah. I don't care if I sell fuzzy bunny slippers to grandma. If it makes money and it's profitable and it pencils in, as we refer to it, we have this big sheet with like 47 columns where we've sold millions of dollars and ran millions of units. And there are three columns. And when they go green, you sell that product. The where it, when you sell it is really the end result. We have a project launch cost that's always within three percent of the go to market cost for a product on Amazon because we got the numbers down over so like we launched thousands of products. That software I mentioned it is launched sixty thousand FBA products. So we just have a huge data warehouse of product launches in six, seven, and eight figure launches, and so we just know basically every product category is in there. Every data launch that's ever been done is in there, and so we've seen all the patterns. And so we can see when a product's going to go to market and we understand when it's going to go. And then you do the little dance and you know your competition is going to be beat when that cost is what it is to go to market. And all of those columns are green. You put it out there. It may be dollars, $17, $17,000, $170,000. It just is what it is to put that product in the market. But again, we have 80% confidence that it's going to sell. And so we just keep repeating that process. And we teach people how to build those private label brands and repeat that process mm. step by step. It's the same game plan we followed for eight years and with our businesses when we were doing over 10 million a year on Amazon right now. Wow. Yeah. And I, before we got started, I had mentioned that I've had experience with drop shipping, but just to clarify, can you explain the difference between drop shipping and then white label and private label or two separate things? Yeah. Yeah, you can almost look at them as like stages. If I'm going to drop ship something, there's a number of ways I can do that. I could go, it's called retail arbitrage, which means maybe I go to Walmart, Home Depot, Overstock, somewhere. And I find a product, I go look it up on Amazon and it's like, well, this is $5 at Walmart and I can sell it for $25. So I could grab that product and get a sale off Amazon and then drop ship that product to the customer, whether I ship it myself or 
I send it to Amazon's FBA system and they push it out. That's sort of the drop shipping for Amazon model. Now, just to be very clear, Amazon is like very much against that. They haven't liked it for a while, but as of February this year, they basically put a new legal language that basically says we have a right to come after you if you don't do this. You're hurting our brand. So be aware, drop shipping on Amazon. Not so much a good thing. At the end of the day, you can also go over to places like AliExpress, one of the biggest known. You can go to Alibaba. You can go to other locations and manufacturers and have product pre-created, pre-done, pre-packaged. And you can take that product and drop ship it to somebody who orders it from you. You can. It's a cool model because you get to take the money first and then you get to ship the product after. So that's a cool model. Drop shipping stores, Shopify is a big one, as you know, different apps out there from Oberlio or Dropify or whatever, they can help manage the, manage that. At the next step, you have white label. That would be something in which I could get a product that's already pre-manufactured. I can put my logo on it. I can put my logo on the packaging and have it shipped. It's not customized. It's not built to my specs or anything. It's already done. And I just kind of pick that product and run with my own brand, okay? And it's a white label brand. Now where private label gets cool is private label is actually the customization. In simple terms, I can customize that product. Maybe it's a bigger button, a different size, a different shape, a slightly different feature than the original. At that point, I can get brand registration in Amazon, have that brand registered, and then I can get a brand trademark against that. Now I have what's called intellectual property. That intellectual property and my company now becomes worth something. It has intrinsic value. If I'm just going to try to move a drop shipping company forward, there's a lot of mechanics that have to be done to make that work. And it's not extremely enticing to the buyer. When you have a private label, intellectually proper, standard business, it's running. I call it a, you know, an, e-com, an actual e-com company. <laughs> when you have a legitimate LLC, business account, banking, etc., When you use a system like FBA and you have that product already moving automatically through the system, buyers love that. They love it because so much of it is automated. So much of it is managing inventory. So much of it is maintaining growth and trajectory of the business and the brand affinity, launching additional products that you continue to innovate on. Again, back to that similarity is familiarity concept with the trust of Amazon behind it. I can build brands and launch them in there with zero reviews. No one's ever heard of my brand and there's three or five competitors and I'm the fourth or the sixth competitor, I can overtake them, right? I can overtake them with a better brand, a better innovation. Let me give you an example of how that works. We went in one time, I was watching an infomercial one night and I had young children, I have four daughters and they were all born within four and a half years. I mean, it was just like, if we hadn't gotten a stop to that, we probably have eight or 12 children by now. But the end result was I was up late with one of the girls. We I ended up with an infomercial thing and it's like four in the morning. You know how it goes, right? Sleepy kids up and it's like they're sleeping. So you're just sitting there watching television. So <laughs> this thing comes on and it was this cool product, a seat pet doll thing that you put on and it had like this animal and you'd, you'd wear it in the car. It goes over the belt and the kids could sleep on it. It could hold their toys and stuff in it. They could use it while they're in the car. They could take it out, etc. I'm like, that's a really cool toy. My girls were going to probably want those at some point as they got older because we took car trips and they, their heads were always off to the side. And there was these cool plush little dolls that they could strap on and wear. And I thought, that's really cool. And I sent it to my, he's been working with me since 2012. So we're like old married couple now. And he looked at that and he says, wow, that's actually a really cool product. And he comes back and he says, you know, they're not really selling very much of those on Amazon. I thought that's interesting. And so he comes back with a concept and he says, you know what? One of my son's favorite shows right now is this anime show. And they got all these kind of Japanese characters and the big eyes and all this stuff. He says, what if 
we took your product concept idea and, and we added on more of an anime face to it, more of an anime characterization to the dolls. We kind of crossed over two niches and we had them design a penguin and a cat. And we kind of man- mimicked the same product line that this other company had just spent all this information on all this advertising and all this stuff. And we developed belt buddies. Belt buddies was the answer to seat pets, right? We came up with our own brand concept. We, we went a Hail Mary pass. We got about 2000 units of these because we just believe we were confident. We'd seen the market. We saw all their advertising. We thought maybe we can get it on the back of their advertising and we can kind of get ahead of them a little bit in the search terms on Amazon and see if we couldn't take this over. And so we had this really cool enemy belt buddy. We had five SKUs that we launched and they had the cat, the penguin, and they had these really cool eyes and faces and we had them all created for us and, and and shipped in. Two weeks after our launch, we ran through all 2000 of those with zero marketing, no reviews. We basically just kind of leached off of that main brand and created a counter brand that we didn't registered, ordered another 2000 of those, got the brand trademark and eventually sold that toy company because we just saw the market. We saw two crossovers and it really kicked off. And so that's an idea of private label. We created an innovative product. We went to market against a competitor we made it uniquely ours by crossing that anime. So it was, you know, uniquely, uniquely ours. And so then we launched it and it took off. Went like crazy. And so we teach people how to do that. Was it on Shark Tank by any chance? My good friend, Kevin Harrington, she showed one at one of our events a while back when he was guest speaking for us. And it, I don't think we never made it to okay. Shark Tank, but I think Secret may have made oh. it to that. We did. Oh, okay. But what we did was just leverage their advertising. We, we ethically took the advertising that they had already created and when people went in to look for it, they saw the products and they chose more of ours. Wow. So then with private label, you actually have to have things mm-hmm. manufactured as if you had created your own. So it's kind of like creating your own product, but just not from the ground up necessarily. Yeah, to a concept, because if you have a product that's out there, you identify a product, it may already be a white label product. If you just create an innovation difference, that same manufacturer could create that innovation difference for you, right? If you identify that manufacturer who has that white label product and you go to the market research and you say, well, I could see an opportunity to create a differentiation of that product, you could have the manufacturer change that. Now it becomes uniquely your product. Then you could brand register it with Amazon, trademark it, and sell the snot out of it. (laughs) Now you're creating brand affinity too. You're creating a connection to that brand. Ladies were telling other ladies about belt buddies. And so they started searching for our actual brand name. And then we started seeing it appear in the searches. Uh, And that's when things really took off fast. So then I guess you'd have to have a certain amount of inventory when you start or keep a certain amount of inventory at the Amazon warehouse. Correct. Absolutely. We, we usually ask tell people and advise them to get a minimum order quantity. That could be 50 units, 100 units. It's going to be what the manufacturer kind of has as a minimum. If there's any specific unique things the manufacturer might have to do, if they might have to retool some equipment or do something, there might be a cost associated with that. So there might be a higher minimum order quantity. They might say, look, we can't do this for less than 500 units. If you purchase those 500, then we can produce these changes and make this product unique for you. That's going to be kind of at the manufacturer negotiation level, right? Determine that opportunity. But it could be a a white label product that you see an opportunity to create an innovation on. Maybe they've got a big button and people are arguing it's hard to turn. And so you innovate a a, a softer button with some grips on it. 
and it uniquely becomes your product. That is private labeling is innovating against that. And it's not more complicated than that, mm. frankly. So where would you find a manufacturer? So there's a lot of places you could go. The most obvious would be something like Alibaba because they do have a lot of manufacturing and it's not just China. If you actually go in and select by different country, there's all kinds of countries. And I always advise people to not just default to China. Can you get products from there? Absolutely. But you can also get them from Taiwan, India, Indonesia. There's other places, Canada, Mexico. I mean, there's products to be developed in other places, even somewhere in the United States in some cases. Obviously not as many now as I would prefer locally because it makes things a little easier to do. But of course, you can go to different locations. Alibaba is a quick way to do that. And of course, I always recommend you look by the manufacturer, you look at the gold star rating, you look at whether or not they've been visited by Alibaba and already, you know, on site. And I always recommend you have a sourcing agent that you could trust to go down and actually visit and look and be available to help you. We have over 200 sourcing agents through our business now that our clients use that we use who are physically in the locations that go out to source um, on site, literally for us at the negotiation, speak the language, validate the products, validate the orders, ensure that everything is being shipped correctly. It's very important to have those opportunities because not everybody can obviously just get up and travel to India to look for their products. But it is a distributed global thing now. So it's not terribly different than ordering something from Texas than if you're ordering it from India. It's literally in your mind at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. So is that Voltage DM? Your business is that? Voltage Digital Marketing is where we help clients obviously launch, grow, and build. We have a business builders program for people. I can talk a little bit about that if you want me to. We have what's called our ASIN 360 Pro Plan. I can detail out kind of how our game plans worked if you want to talk a little about that. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. So business builders is basically the kind of the evolution of everything we've done. It implements what we call our ASIN 360 pro plan. And that is literally how do I find what the heck to sell and actually identify it in a reasonable time frame. We have a, a process we go through. There's about 10 different ways we help people just see products like they see white cars. Like you go down to purchase a car and you're thinking, this is the best white car ever. I want to go get this one. And you get down to the lot and you're thinking, this is it, man. No one has a car like this. Well, what happens on your way home, Sarah, in that 15 minute drive home? How many white cars do you see just like yours on the way a home bunch. that you never see, right? A lot. It always happens, mm-hmm. right? And it's, or you still open that black dress and you're like, wait a minute, this lady's wearing the same dress as me. So at the end, it's about a perception change, okay? And so we have 10 ways we help people change their perception of their environment to identify products that are literally all around them. So much so that we have them build 500 product ideas in 21 days. It's really not complicated once they go through the process. So then we have an iterative process of going what we call by the numbers. And this game plan is meant to take you through the numbers and out of the emotions so that literally you understand if there's a competitor selling a product like seatbelts, can I be a belt buddies next to that product? Do all the numbers match up with me competing and beating them in the marketplace? And if they do, then you go to market with it, right? We ask that people don't marry their products, right? Don't get married to your product. There's no emotional involvement. This is an inanimate object. We find many times that people get really emotional in the business and the product will launch and they have all these hopes and dreams in this one product idea. And I call that a lottery mindset mentality. Okay, it's the idea that I just scratch and sniff in business and all of a sudden all this big money shows up. You have to put some work in it. You really do. At the end of the day, you got to be willing to commit the hours and decide that it's a good model for you and that you want to do it no matter what. Tenacious, right? Go getter. I want to I want to figure this out. So we make sure people don't marry their products. They don't get caught up and they don't come crying three or four months later that they chose just one product and spent too much money getting it in the market. And now they can't launch another product. Okay. So the real secret here is the more 
products I put in the marketplace, the more money I'm going to make. Okay. So then we can teach people literally in the plan, how to identify the ranking. So remember I talked a little bit about this being a giant search engine. One of the components is not getting stuck on page 20 where nobody sees your product, right? But it's an engine and it's called the A9 engine. It's actually a A10 is a version of it, but it didn't really change the core ranking component. It changed review monitoring and all this other stuff. But the core engine itself for ranking the product with keywords is the same as it was eight years ago. That hasn't changed. So we take you through the same process we always use to get expected results. And that is to ensure the product gets into page one. In fact, done a certain way with the sponsored ads and the branding, your product will show up for page one within 15 minutes. It's a matter of having a good product and a good list optimized for your customer and your customer buying intent is where we actually have developed what we call uh, a listing composite methodology, okay? Everything is done the same way. Why is that important? Because we want an expected conversion rate. You, you know about conversion rates in the internet world. Amazon has them too. It's called unit session percentage. That unit session percentage is equatable to a conversion rate. So cold traffic in the real, you know what it is in the real world? It's about one to 2% on cold traffic, right? If you get your websites to convert on a paid traffic, it's about one to 2%. Well, here's the beauty with Amazon. One to 2% is terrible. If you're not hitting 20%, you're not over the target. That's the minimum level of acceptance within Amazon to even reach a certain level of ranking in the system. If you're below 20%, you won't get to page one and stay there. You can do some marketing activities and follow a little bell curve, but what will happen is you'll go up and then if you can't keep that and maintain it, you'll drop back down off of page one again and all that energy, effort, and money you did will fail. And it happens to a lot of new people because they don't understand what they're looking at. So we go through that process, okay, of understanding that Amazon is a river, but it's also a tree, which is a tree of information, a tree of looking at department and categories and nodes. How do they convert? How do I get 20 plus percent conversion so I can get a best choice badge or maybe even a bestseller badge at some point? And how can I really stick that first page and then keep it there so I keep growing organically and really take off and win? And this is, again, just a repetitive pattern that we have developed to get through there. And we teach people how to understand Amazon as a digital engine, as a basically a search engine we can rank against and how to take advantage of that with any product, frankly. And then we have a final component of our plan, which is the platinum principle. And that really encompasses that this work, energy, and effort we put into building this company has value. It has value not just to us, okay? It has value to someone else. So this intrinsic value becomes an opportunity for these companies later on. If we build that foundation and house really well and we put up good walls and a roof on it, it's worth something later on. And that platinum principle is similar to a golden parachute. You ever heard of that phrase at the corporate level, right? This, in instance, is your golden parachute to pull the trigger and sell that business when it's ready to make you money on the way up. So we look at a 12 to 18 month plan. We work with people for 12 months and our business builders to set them on a trajectory so that their business actually will achieve more than seven figures in sales and more than 20% in profit, because that's really all that matters at the end of the day, profit. And we're very picky about getting our products in the $30, $50 to $300 retail range and ensuring that they have $10, $20, $30, $40 in profit within them. Because if you don't get paid from this business, it just isn't worth anything to anybody, not in the short term or the long term. So we teach you how to get those numbers together and then build something of intrinsic value and then sell it. 
We have an investor group that offers 800% cash option for these businesses when they exit. We have a couple of other buyer networks in which people can get these businesses purchased from them through our network. So our goal really through that 12 months is to help you build a real intrinsic value. Our model is based on your success because we then sell that in a win-win-win situation. You win with the sale, we win by brokering the deal, and the investor wins by getting a great business that's running really well. And when done correctly with that automation in those five steps I just talked about, these businesses only take a couple hours a day to run once they're up and fully running. And it gives you a lot of time to do a lot of other things. It really can become uh, what's considered, I think, the most passive type of income you can get while still working some aspect of it. You know, it's not, no one ever gets a hundred percent passive, nothing, but I like to know that you can get, you know, five to 10 hours a week uh, of work out of these businesses and still see them be very successful with the products. So those are the game plans we follow. We do have what's called a pay as you profit. So people will pay for the first three months of knowledge, startup, building that foundation, getting all that stuff set up correctly in the right way, along with helping them choose the brand and the products. It's very important because I know there's about 12 million opportunities of these products in Amazon that they should go after. And I don't want them panning over here in a little river. I'm taking them to Gold Mountain. And I'm saying, this is where you go dig. Don't go over here. Don't go over there. Go dig right here. I have all the data and everything you need. Just go dig right here. And we'll help them identify that brand. We'll help work with them through the whole process. And then we have a bonus at the end. We get paid when they hit 100,000 in net profit within 12 months or less. So we do it as a paid performance. We are, we know we're good at what we do. We know this works. We repeat this process. I've had very good case studies to support it. I have eight figure case studies to support this process. I have one guy that blew this thing up and did 5 million a month in eight months. All right, hit 5 million a month in eight months. It's an incredible case studies. His name's Matt Harward. He's on my page. But this is how we build and scale these brands in the long term. And it's not a short term game. It's a real e-com company. And it's really worth something at the end. Approximately like how much would it cost to get started with something like that, including like the initial inventory and things like that. Yeah. Initial inventories, we always ask people usually put aside to go after this kind of model and understand in 12 to 18 months, the business is going to mature to the point where it's really sellable. So we usually ask people to commit at least 20 to 30,000 in startup cost, inventory cost, the licensing, the tools, getting your brand registration and your trademarks and building all of that important foundation of the business together. That's a good minimum to set for that expectation. This is really going to be worth a lot more in the end. The multiples of these businesses, just to give you an understanding in 2017 and 18, it was about 2.2, 2.5x of EBITDA. That's earning before income taxes and appreciation. That's the bottom line profit as people call it, right? So if you made 100,000, you would get about 2.5 back for the sale. Now in 2018, it went up to about 2.7. 2019, it was around 2.9, 3.2. Now here's what's fascinating because 2020 was a super explosive online year. We're now setting at 4x multiples for an Amazon FBA private label business that's doing more than a million with more than 20% triple net. At that point, you're writing your own check. And these, this is just a wild west, amazing time to be in this market because people are just buying these businesses as fast as they can. So when you're building assets in the next 12, 18 months, you're building an exit. So up front, we do have a, a consulting fee for those three months. It's typically 6K a month for three months to work with us to get that whole foundation structure and everything built and then the performance bonus is very simple. It's a bonus of 15K when you reach your 100,000 in net profits. Now, keep in mind, folks, it's e-com. And you know as well as I do, this is a residual income. This is a month-by-month -month turnover. And if you have 100,000 in net profit growth, 
you're already doing more than six figures a month in sales. And that will not stop when you get going. And then it becomes a real asset that has intrinsic value in the long run. And buying the knowledge is very important. I have mentors. I spent about 25K last year on mentors. There's a value of walking in the steps of someone who's already gone that direction. And the accountability and the strategy behind has been tremendous for my business. I've earned that back 10 times what I paid last year to my mentors by having them keep me on the path and keep me focused, right? While I know where I want to go and I know what I want to do, it's always good to have that outside sounding board to ensure I step through and to not pitfall because I can make mistakes and everyone can do that. And one of the things we really help people focus on is staying in the plan. When you follow the plan, you will get expected results. Uh, and that's the same process. But I'm looking for people who are tenacious. I'm not just looking for everybody. I can't help everybody. I'd love to help everybody. But that's just not what I do. I'll focus on about 10 per month at a time. And everybody gets to walk through the same process. Everyone has a chat with me. And we, we really find out if you're a good fit, that you understand the model, you understand where we're going. I just, I don't take everybody. That's really how it works. All right. I'm looking for a kind of person who knows this is what they want to do. They're tenacious. They're a go-getter in life and business already. And they see the opportunity that is e-commerce. And they realize that Amazon with FBA and private label is a good first step, right? It's just, it's not the only step. You can take these brands out to Shopify stores. You can take them to paid traffic and you can take them to Instagram, TikTok. You can take them out to Walmart and eBay and all these other places, right? You can expose those brands to the entire world. But Amazon FBA is a traffic source with a proving ground of buyers that meet the demographic of most online buyers, women 27 plus that have this and we take you in and mine you. So it's a lot of predictable results at the end of the day. Yeah, this has all been very interesting because I didn't know. I mean, I, I knew about the drops shipping side of e-com, but I didn't. I had heard of private label, but I didn't really know what that meant. So this has really been helpful for me and I'm sure the listeners Excellent. as well. So if someone wants to learn more, what's the best place for them to go? Well, I have a I have a 19 minute simple training video. It's free. You go to asin360.com, A-S-I-N-360.com. Check that 19 minute video out. If it makes sense for us to have a conversation, just click the link below or there's a text number where you can reach me personally. I am involved in every person who comes on board and I'd love to have a conversation with those who are serious. So that's the simplest way to go watch that video, get a little bit more detail about what we're doing, and then give me a call or let's set up a time to chat if it makes sense, or we'll just have a simple text conversation just to see if it's a good fit. So ASIN360.com. Okay. And ASIN, is that because of the Amazon? It's kind of like ISBN, but for Amazon. Okay. It is. Yeah. And it's a 360 degree. That's why we call it 360. So it's literally from launching all the way through selling. It's a full circle, right? That's why we call it ASIN. Okay, that makes sense. Just for people who are like, what does that stand for? <laughs> right. Yeah, ASIN, Amazon Serial Identification okay. Number. Uh-huh. Well, I really appreciate your time today. I'll also have show notes at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Neil Twa. That's N-E-I-L-T-W-A. And it'll have links to all of this as well. So Fantastic. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, Sarah. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack. Connect with fellow listeners 
share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.